Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 171, and it is probably the most long overdue sequel ever. This week in the discussion, as you can probably see by the title of this, we are going to be revisiting our very first ever podcast discussion topic. No, I do not recommend you going back and listening to that first episode. It's just... Oh, Lord, no. Just no. I'm going back and listening to them all for a project that we've got down the road. But, um, God, why did you listen to us in the early days? Um, <laughs> but our very first discussion, leaping off the back of the name Uncharted Media, was can video game adaptations work? Whether it's film, TV, whatever else. I was on the side of yes, they can back then. And I'm still on that side now. But we thought it was prevalent to bring that discussion up now. One, to try and, you know, piggyback off that search engine optimization for Sonic 2 right now. Because, you yeah. know, relevance. And two, uh, I'm sure Josh will disagree with this. But in the world of media and entertainment, especially video games, a lot has changed since September 2018. And also, we've been doing this since September 2018. That's, Jeez, that's, that's crazy. Weird to say. But yeah, that's four this years. Is, not quite. Not quite. Yeah, basically. It's like a little over three and a half, but okay. Um, uh, no, come on. You can, I was rounded up a year, half a year. Come on. Uh huh. Sure. But Josh, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm chilling, my dude. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I had the best day yesterday. I mean, I had to work, but it was like a super slow shift and all that. But like, I like got up and like, Red. I'm like a good halfway through the book. I'm I'm working on. I'm. Uh, I went to the movies. I had uh, a good saw, BM. I had a good. I had several good BMs. <laughs> um, Don't tell me like, bad yeah. news. <laughs> Maybe you told me bad news in a good way. It wouldn't be so bad. <laughs> Why are you laughing, you idiot? Um. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> I love how like whenever we have a spare moment, we always degrade into like making references to uh men in tights well um, I, doesn't matter doesn't matter the context no news is good news <laughs> you're not wrong oh man i so yeah no, it's been a chill couple of days i've work's been kicking my butt lately because i don't know people are uh leaving the house now or something it's kind of weird i don't know mm. <laughs> you said you went to the movies yesterday what'd you watch i did i just went and saw sonic 2 and no less i went and saw it by myself i like sat down and i was like just chilling in like the nice seats by myself it was the first time i've done that in a really really long time it might be something i do a lot more more in the future um because that way i can see things in the theaters mm. <laughs> so but i saw that um i'll kind of save my opinion of that until our discussion later um because there's a lot of caveats on it on it i think um i also that episode two of moon Knight. Pretty solid. Got to see a lot more stuff. Um, the my brother, fan of the show, Ben Johnson, who uh, has always wanted us to do a George Irving scissors no thing. Um, I'm always going to mention. I have to mention it just for him. Uh, but he was like, he's been frustrated for the first two episodes, and like I kind of understand because Jar Jar isn't Moon Knight. No, 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 no. And like I understand in a way because it's like at, on a certain. I guess spoiler warning um if you haven't watched the first two episodes in a certain way you're just like steven shut up 
let Mark take over. Come on. We want to see some cool stuff. Like, just shut up. Stop babbling. Move move out of the way. And the best way that he can describe it is having, it's like when, because he plays a lot of Apex. And he's like, it's like when, like, me watching my wife play Apex and I can't do anything, even though if I took the controller, it would be so much better. <laughs> it was like, I, I get that. Like, that, that I understand that. that. But, he, like, it's, it's still a good time regardless. But, um... I also started a new show this past week. Um, not any of the ones that <laughs> I've had on my backlog that you you're like, Josh, you need to watch this. Um, well, I mean, I've been wanting to see it for a while, but I, I don't know if you've ever heard uh, heard of um, Ridley Scott's Raised by Wolves. Oh yeah, I've heard of it. Isn't HBO Max? Yes, it's on eight. Both seasons are on HBO Max, and um, I am two episodes in, and this is the wildest ride I think I have ever been on in a Ridley Scott movie, and I've seen Prometheus. Um, <laughs> but, like, God, it's so interesting the way that he's weaving um, actual, like, Earth history and religion and those themes and, like, even the Crusade themes into, like, a sci-fi thriller i think i'm gonna go with thriller but yeah it's very very interesting um yeah it, it's very very intense but what about you did you see you didn't see anything this week well i saw you know <laughs> sonic 2 obviously yeah. <laughs> but um I'll, i will also save my thoughts for the end but just in the bridge version i loved it um and without tipping my hand too much for the discussion i'll have to think about it a little bit more but I think it's the best video game movie we've ever gotten. But th I'm sure there'll be more of a discussion on that in the meantime. Um, but I enjoyed it. Also, last night, just because I was bored and Heather was, went to bed already and I had finished the graphics for the week, I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to pop on a schlocky horror movie because that's what I do. Josh, have you ever heard of a movie called Urban Legend? That sounds super familiar, but uh, like it's one of those like I've heard of a movie that called that, but I don't know anything else about. It. So, Urban Legend is like so '90s of like I know what you did last summer or Halloween H2O, very much like who's in it, but it's supposed to be like a slasher is basically taking inspirations from like urban legends. Obviously, like someone is hiding in your backseat if you don't check, or it, it kind of forgets the whole urban legend thing. At, for most of the movie, just like, oh, is, is that an urban legend? Or like the old urban legend of like, hey, if you see a car driving the opposite way of you and their headlights aren't on, don't flash them because it might be gang initiation. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a thing I haven't heard in a very long yeah, time. What? <laughs> Have you not heard that one before? I mean, that, that hits like a very specific like, that sounds like something I've heard before, but also in adult brain makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, but... It, like, it forgets to, like, you know, really double down on the urban legend. But it's super weird because I'm watching it. Of It's a who's who of both 90s, but also, like, a hall of fame of horror people. So here are, here are some of the people that are in this, either in bit parts or in much larger roles. It, we could have talked about it this week because it ties into Morbius. Because oh, Jared gosh. Leto's in it. Oh, gosh. Jared Leto <laughs> is one of the main characters. Smallville's Michael Rosenbaum is in it. Which was in the world? super bizarre. Halloween 4 and 5's Danielle Harris is in it. Shocker as a goth chick. Um, oh, wow. No way. Really? Chucky's <laughs> um, Chucky's Brad Dorff. Freddy Krueger's Robert Englund. 
Jeez, yeah, what in the world? And Tara Reed from Sharknado. I know she's been in other stuff, but Sharknado is no, what I will only, refer her no. to is. I'm yeah, just going. No, it's only it's only Sharknado. It's it's not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm going. This is such a '90s time capsule. It's it's oh also like one of those people you know you remember the first Final Destination the girl that got hit by the bus that was supposed to be scary but it ended up being really really funny that she's like you all oh, could just yeah. drop dead bam gets hit by the bus she was in it too I'm going oh hey your bus face <laughs> it's not a good movie but it's a very yeah. interesting. Nineties time capsule that I think they are doing a new version of that because the uh, the concept of an urban legend killer is interesting. Um, it also like goes zero to hundred real quick in terms of its violence. Of like some kills are not that bad or they're off screen, and other ones I'm going. Is the director working through some problems? Like, apparently, <laughs> there's an urban legend about a woman that when her dog is comes in from the rain, just microwaves the dog. And I'm going, that's oh what? Oh, that goodness. that's not an urban legend. So yeah, that that happens in this movie. I'm going, Jesus! And then the guy who owned the dog basically gets like one of those like um like beer funnels that you always see in movies. Uh, I don't know. I didn't go to parties. Uh, <laughs> but like, he's got a funnel shoved down his throat, and they like put paint and clorox down the funnel i'm going jeez are you working through this some issues but like those are only two like hardcore kills everything else is kind of like 90s pg-13 violence but i'm going those two specific kills what is wrong with you why do you hate dogs and michael rosenbaum he's like the only good thing in smallville right now but i'm just shocked i'm going because i'm watching going this isn't very r oh that's oh, very R. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, hey, you know, it's always a good time to watch a B movie. I mean, I would probably watch a lot more given my living situation. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, yeah, it's. Oh, um, I don't. I know how you know how much you and I love Cinema Wins. Um, the today, I think he's re-releasing some stuff. Um, yeah, that kind of threw me off for a little bit. Yeah, because he's doing. He just released like a uh, Infinity War. Is everything great about Infinity War? I think I think it's a re-release. It's um, putting the two parts together. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so I actually went through and rewatched his his Info Infinity War and then all three of his Endgame videos. And gosh dang it, did it like there was moments I was like, yeah, like that kind of impact, like in my brain thinking back and yeah, that was kind of emotionally impactive. Yeah, that's fine. And then it like plays that he plays the scene. I had like instant goosebumps and like tears. I was like, Oh no, that, that actually emotionally impacted me. Oh no. <laughs> uh, it's just good. I, I, I it kind of makes me want to slog through the mountain. That is the infinity saga of the what first 20 movies like 23 or something yeah it kind of makes me want to read that go all the way through it just like out of nostalgia's sake and i mean you know my mom's seen all of harry potter now so you know time to step it up uh <laughs> well here's the thing there's no misses in the harry potter movies there's some misses in the mc who will say that oh absolutely i'm still trying to figure out what i need to watch before multiverse of madness or watch with heather before multiverse of madness i mean obviously the first doctor strange but besides that i'm like do i need to watch x-men do i need nah. to watch do i need to watch the fantastic four with yoan gruffard um but yes yeah. that's that's supposedly 
has a bunch of surprises in it. Like, critics are not allowed to see it until, like, two days before the general public. Public's allowed to see it for, like, sake of keeping spoilers under wraps. I'm going, oh. Oh, oh, oh. I I like that. That's new, isn't it? Because normally it's, like, two weeks. Uh, depends on the movie. longer. Endgame, like, came out that Thursday. Okay, so, okay, it kind of depends. Yeah. All right, well, yeah. Yeah, we've been watching all kinds of stuff. So let's get into some news because we're jam-packed. We had to like cut down on some stuff this week because we just have so much. But kicking us off, streaming stuff. As Stranger Things, last time we heard from that was, oh, a decade ago, maybe at this point. <laughs> but now we actually have a trailer for Netflix Stranger Things Season 4, what I'd imagine is season four part one because they announced not too long ago that season four will be split into two parts before season five comes out down the road i i don't want to say i was not super excited for stranger things but like it was in the back of my mind just because it's been so long since season three as much as i loved season three i love seeing the giant mind flare in the mall um Steve and Dustin continue to be like the two greatest TV characters ever created. Um, mm-hmm. And Steve realizes, oh, so I'm the Girl Scout troop leader here, basically. <laughs> and Nancy just continues to exist. I I hope for either some character growth or she gets eaten by this new terrifying looking thing that kind of looks like Hellraiser. Um, <laughs> so we get this trailer and I'm not going to lie. I loved it because this it just feels so much grander and more epic. Like it kind of, I want to say offsets or makes the big time gap. Okay. Cause it is still kind of weird seeing the stranger things kids in high school now, mm-hmm. but seeing how much bigger and broader the scope seems to be. And they seem to be really ramping up for a big epic finale. I'm on board with, but the thing that I'm most on board with was seeing what appears to be the new big bad for this season and it's a humanoid as opposed to another generic tentacle spider cloud looking thing. Like the Demogorgon and the Demodogs were cool for a time, but you get sick of them after a while. Like I was hoping for season three that we get a different villain. Like I know the Mind Flayer was something, but it's basically just a bigger version of a Demogorgon. It wasn't yeah. interesting. They're just mindless monsters. But this... The voice is creepy. The design is creepy. My mind immediately went to, oh, so you're designing this with a Horror Nights house in mind. And you probably have this costume already made for some character that's going to pop out. That being said, the design looks awesome. I am I really dug this trailer. I really like the song choice. It was, it was different. I can't, I can't hate Journey. Journey's a good choice. Um, <laughs> Josh, I think you're not as big of a Stranger Things fan as I am, but you keep up with the show. What did you think of this trailer? So, like, I like you. Like, I enjoyed – I think season three might be my favorite season um, out of the the three. Uh, First is pretty good. Two is a thing that happened, and and three is, to me, like, top tier. Um, I – still to this day – I wish they would have kept the reveal that Hopper's alive to this trailer – would have been cooler to be like, oh, cool, oh, cool, he is alive. All right, cool, let's see what he's doing. Um, whereas opposed to, like, that little, quote-unquote, teaser that was literally just him turning around while working in Siberia, it was like, all right, cool, whatever. Uh, but 
I like this. And I like the idea of them moving away from Hawkins and, and like actually like having to, to come to terms with the life that was before and try to reconcile and, and kind of create this new life, even though like they are definitely the weirdos. Um, I like the new baddie. I actually like uh, the thing about the mind flayer as cool as it was uh, is it is this otherworldly creature, and at no point really did it, like, come through to be the actual villain. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like, oh, the Mind Flayer will get you. It was, oh, no, the Russians might open the crack, and then they'll come. The Mind Flayer will be uh, the, the big baddie. Now, this, this guy, yeah, it looks like a cross between... Um, Hellraiser and the uh what is the White Walkers from from Game of Thrones mixed with a little bit of Slenderman mixed with a yeah. little bit of, bit of humanoid xenomorph yeah like it's it'll be interesting to say the least um I appreciate they give us just enough to know uh you know pay eleven I, I don't remember eleven losing her powers in season three but I guess maybe I need to go back and rewatch it's because Hopper's not there anymore. Oh, of course, yeah. And Hopper was the source of her power. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it looks cool. It looks super cool. I'm super down. Um, it's the other show that I'm I'm heavily considering going through, at least with my dad, uh, just to get ready for season th- for season four, especially after this trailer. Yeah, I I'll be going back and watch it with Heather too, just because it's been so long that I kind of forget details. Like I remember all the characters, um, like Dustin and Max and Steve and Nancy and Will, but I'm like I. I kind of want a refresher about like the entire first three seasons. Well, one and three. I'll skip season two. Season two can suck it. Uh, (laughs) But like, I kind of want to go back and get some of the details correct. My favorite is still season one, primarily because the first season was the most, what felt like the most horror centric. Like it felt like it was fair. It got, I don't want to say more family friendly over time, but it, it discovered its audience more so after the first season when it really blew up. And I think they were trying to cater to that teenage demographic that they were really roping in with that mm-hmm. first one. When we are first introduced to the Demogorgon and everything, we don't see it for a really long time. So they're really building up that like Jaws-esque suspense yeah. and really building up the terror. And so it felt like a horror series. This trailer felt like a horror epic. Like the creature designs are terrifying. Uh, it has a very dark trailer, not just in terms of tone but in terms of like visually not alien versus predator requiem dark but i i think it'll take it back more to season one levels um and also we know this is the second to last season so this will probably start really ramping things up before the big epic finale um if you're following storytelling that means this will probably end on a sour note like It'll, everyone will come together, it'll do great, and then it'll meet this new guy, and he just wastes them all super quick, barely an inconvenience, like, <laughs> just sh- set him up as a proper heel, as a proper bad guy. Um, yeah. They'll probably, like, really milk the reunion between Eleven and Hopper till like, the season finale, like they did with season two. Mm-hmm. Um, But Hopper looks Awesome. I, I cannot wait to see Hopper with a flaming spear. Like, he, he's come such a long way from morning. Mondays are for coffee and contemplation. Coffee 
and contemplation. <laughs> now we see him in a Siberian prison with a flaming spear fighting Demogorgons on a, on the regular. I'm going, so that's what happens when you're on a Black Widow movie and are the best <laughs> thing about that movie. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I do think it's cool that they said every episode in season four will uh, I think they said it'll be over an hour every episode. I'm going nice. Ah, so we're not gonna get Wandavisioned or Lokied or Mandoed here, and we'll have mm-hmm. like 34 minute episodes with seven minute credits. Um, no, Netflix doesn't do the seven minute credits thing. They just immediately start playing your next thing, whether you <laughs> want to watch it or not. Uh, but this looks awesome. I'm really excited to see what direction we go with Stranger Things because, like I said, I like the show a lot. I just wonder how much of the audience will come back because of how big of a break it took. Streaming has kind of changed a little bit since Stranger Things was last with us. Now, this is a very interesting development. So we know a Ahsoka Tano series is in the works for Disney+. Plus. Well, it seems like we're going to start getting production on that soon as we have at least one of the directors announced for the show. And boy, is it a big one. Peter Ramsey, one of the directors of the critically acclaimed and almost universally beloved by fans and critics alike, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Peter Ramsey, will be directing at least one episode of the Ahsoka Tano series. As we always say, as we steal from someone else's show, it never hurts to add talent. And after Into the Spider-Verse, Peter Ramsey could direct an adaptation of the phone book, and I would still be interested just because of how much goodwill was garnered off of the back of Into the Spider-Verse. I don't know how much of that was his directing style with his partner on the movie, how much of that was Lord Miller's writing. Uh, Just Into the Spider-Verse, I don't want to say gives those directors a free pass for a couple movies, but basically gives those directors a free pass for a couple (laughs) movies. You're allowed to make three or four bad movies in a row before I start questioning you just because of how good Into the Spider-Verse is. Um, Josh, you see a one of the directors for Into the Spider-Verse is doing at least one Ahsoka episode. Does that make you more or less excited? And where is your current excitement level for this Ahsoka show? Uh, yeah, no, it makes me excited. I, I am of the opinion, while I love the multiple directors thing, and I know it's kind of, how do I say this, quote-unquote traditional for different people to, to direct different episodes, um... I personally have always thought that shows are usually better with one singular vision, one singular director. Um, but with that being said, it, it's Peter Ramsey. Uh, for, Into the Spider-Verse is fantastic. Um, for those of you who are listening who haven't watched it, what are you doing? Why do you live under a rock? How have you not seen it? Um, fantastic. Easily one of the best Spider-Man movies ever made. I... I'm super stoked for Ahsoka. And I think even more stoked after, as much as I didn't like it, even more stoked after Boba. Um, Because I think at the very least, while they did kind of change some things about Boba, bringing in other characters that we didn't think we'd ever see, which to me means... Ezra and and uh, great great admiral Thrawn. I cannot talk. Great today, admiral, great admiral Thrawn. Love that guy. Well, oh, yeah. Oh, what a what a guy. I had him over for the. T- anyway, I'm not going to go into that bit. Let's not do that. Duh, not- Thrawn. <laughs> Duh, Thrawn. He's uh he's definitely on the way, and I think to me that is even more exciting. Um, especially seeing what he's been 
doing all this time um yeah it'll be cool be fun um i'm still on the fence i forget her name that plays ahsoka rosario um, dawson yes 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 yes. you know how terrible i am at, with names um your name is josh and this is what? episode who? 171 <laughs> who me me not josh who? me josh who? 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 uh <laughs> This one does turn it out weird, bro. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited regardless. Uh, I definitely don't think that the the margin for error here is uh, smaller or bigger. I don't know. Than Boba. Because with Boba, it was a character we'd never had on screen, really. And so they definitely had to kind of build from the ground up. Whereas Ahsoka has a lot of content behind her. So they were there. you are able to build off of that as opposed to just going from scratch well also ahsoka is dave filoni's baby more mm -hmm. than anything else star wars related he created her for the clone Wars show he stuck it out when everyone hated the character because season one ahsoka is one of the most reviled star wars characters of all time but through sheer grit and determination and growing her up a few years um she basically became one of the most beloved fan characters of all time. So I highly doubt Dave Filoni is just going to throw all that out the yeah. window. He's very protective of the character. And I guarantee you Dave Filoni is going to direct at least one episode of Ahsoka. Every time there's a Star Wars show um, that has Filoni directing it is kind of when the important stuff happens. Yeah. I don't think I don't think that's a narcissism thing of like, I got to make sure that I'm doing this episode. I think it's a... I'm the one that did this with the Clone Wars. I know the probably the best way to introduce these. Like Ahsoka showed up in Mando on a Dave Filoni episode. I wouldn't. I think uh, Bo Katan showed up in a mm -hmm. Dave Filoni episode. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does one episode of Ahsoka. My question is, and I don't think I've asked this before, and I I doubt it because it's just now popped in my head, which is always dangerous. Um. We're kind of expecting Ezra and Thrawn to be the story catalyst for this show mm -hmm. because Thrawn got name dropped in Mando season two. For those that watch Rebels, we know that uh, Thrawn and Ezra were kind of beamed off by space whales, um, <laughs> which is still one of the coolest finales ever. Ran most random, most <laughs> random. Like, oh, so cool! But we have the space whales, and this will probably be the main catalyst of the story. Do we think Ezra and or Thrawn could be the Luke Skywalker type secret? Or do you think we would get the casting ahead of time? Like, do you think if Ezra and Thrawn are in the show that they would keep it quiet? Or we'd be like, hey, you know those fan casts of Aladdin's Minimus out? Yeah, he's he's going to be our Ezra at some point. But maybe keep the Thrawn thing hidden. Do you think they would hide that casting? Or do you think it would be like a Luke Skywalker thing? Keep it hidden as best as you can? Or do you think they would announce it to build up hype? Um, I I can see them announcing Thrawn, because it, especially if he's going to be the main baddie, at least like keep it till the first episode, like before the first episode drops or something like that. Um, what was what has, something happened recently where somebody was cast and then then. Uh, it was like after the the show, or I, I don't remember. We talked about it recently somebody was cast in something, and then it was obvious that they had been there. They would have had to have been there the whole time. Um, but it, to me, I think you you have to throw on is the obvious one. I'm okay with them hiding Ezra. Um, 
as much as I love the, the Ezra connection to Ahsoka and Sabine, I think definitely Thrawn's going to be more important as far as a story. You have to have your villain first, and Ezra will just be uh, icing on the cake. Now, I will say both characters are incredibly niche of like the diehardest of the diehard Star Wars fans know yeah. who Ezra and Thrawn are. That being said, of the two of them, I think they would announce Ezra and not Thrawn because Thrawn is the of the two names there. Thrawn is the bigger one. I think even those who are just kind of casual with the no, no longer canon, but some parts are now canonized uh, EU stuff. People might be familiar with the name Thrawn or at least have seen his picture before. There's been a whole Timothy Zahn newly canon trilogy. So I think that name is out there enough in the canonized ether that that's fair. i think of the two that might be the more familiar so they keep that on the back burner like introduce him in season one like you did with moff gideon and then he'd be the main villain going forward i i don't think they're just going to waste thrawn i think he's going to be a major factor going forward i highly doubt he'll show up in obi-wan just because of the time difference but he was yeah he was growing up the ranks around that time so it wouldn't be completely unheard of i don't think no Next, we switch from the world of Star Wars to the world of DC with arguably a character that Josh and I really, really enjoy. I just have one or two questions about how this is functionally going to work. Uh, and that is, HBO Max is developing an Aqualad origin series. I believe it's supposed to just be a limited series, like more or less like a one season thing. Um, and it'll be produced by Charlize Theron, of all people, going, interesting. Uh, now, in the comics, there have been multiple versions of Aqualad. They have specified that this will be the Calderon version that we know from the Young Justice show, the one that got his own um, comic series. I think he's got a new one coming out now. Um, I'm down for this for the most part. Um I kind of struggle with Calder at times because, um, yes, I like his character a lot in Young Justice, but at, the, at times I feel like while he's a great character, he's unfortunately used as a political tool a lot of times yeah. of like DC. It's just like, look how diverse we are, puts Aqualad on the cover of everything else. I'm just going, is that it? Is it your only character? Um, but I love him in Young Justice a lot for the most part um this does kind of give me a little bit of a platform that i'll kind of rant about season four in a little bit here but um <laughs> when josh and i would watch young justice in college i think you and i both aqualad was up there for our favorite characters obviously he'll never be my number one favorite for obvious reasons um but aqualad was one of the few like fully developed and fully mature characters from the get-go there's an aquatic elephant in the room though is this connected to the Momoa thing or not? Is this a separate thing? Which is fine. But is it is it connected or not? I just want that clarification because as it stands <laughs> right now, I don't know if Momoa's like, I don't want to say mature or grown enough, but he hasn't been Aquaman long enough to have an Aqualad. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, well, yep it's just kind of depends on timing right because obviously this is going to come way down the road and definitely after aquaman 2 
uh, and so maybe there'll be growth there that we will feel like, oh yeah, I can see him taking somebody under his wing, kind of weird. All right, fine. Um, maybe someone to replace uh, Mira. Um, um, not 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 the, not, not, not the same type of dynamic no, 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 there. No, 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 not relationship wise. I'm just not saying the same type of character and team uh formation wise because he's also kind of like a, how would you say a water magic user um, yeah he's kind of like mare in terms of he has some water sorcery there's a name for the water sorcery too but i forget yeah it's not water bending that's that's somebody that's else's a different shtick. show that's <laughs> somebody else's shtick yeah uh see i think the cool thing about aqualad at least for us when we were watching the injustice is um he was the one going into the show we knew the least about. I, at least personally for me, I had never heard of him. I was he used was to a, the Teen Titans. Yeah, in, uh, I had Aqualad. never. I had no Hydrokinesis. Hydrokinesis. I'll take it. Sure. Fine. Whatever. Uh, water sorcery still sounds cooler. Um, <laughs> I freaking bubbles. How do they work? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Why do Atlanteans need water to talk? Pers- anyway, um, that to so. All that to say, it'll be interesting. I'm excited, kind of, question mark. It's one of the, like you said, like, it's going to depend on, is this quote-unquote canon? Where is this in the timeline? Um, Are we building to something with all these original series? Uh, Bro, if we get like an original, like a a Teen Titans movie, and it's not the quote-unquote core cast i'm super down i'm okay with that if you do it <gasps> a live action injustice um uh oh oh, oh we did not... we had that it was called the snyder verse no. no 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 live jack li- live jack <laughs> live action live jack jack, jack in there. black is playing aqua lad <laughs> plug my brain into Kill the screen <laughs> Uh, with Blue Beetle, Aqualad, maybe get some Dick, maybe Dick Grayson will show up by then. Who knows? Like, I, I just like, there's a lot of potential, I think, to, to spin him into other stuff. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. It is, I think the weirdest part about it is that it's Charlize Theron who's producing it. I, yeah, I didn't know she produced movies, but I'm so yeah. glad you brought up the crossover thing. Cause it's, at first I was like, oh, cool. Aqualad. Again, there's higher priority characters that I would like to see on the big screen someday, but again, this is a small screen. Cool. How do I put this as nicest way possible? This character and this potential storyline definitely seems like something HBO would pursue. Um, HBO yeah. and HBO Max kind of like the non-traditional characters, which I guess is why they've been so successful. But my main thought when I saw this when I thought about it for more than an hour, I was like, oh, yeah, we also have Batgirl coming with rumors of Robin at some point. I'm going to jump from A to J right now and just <laughs> assume that they're slowly building up a Teen Titans or a Young Justice squad with this new universe that's, you know, put on hold because of Ezra Miller. Also, this is completely unrelated, but it's somehow connected back to DC. Whatever happened to J.J. Abrams? Remember how, like, beginning 2020-ish, before everything hit, J.J. and Bad Robot signed that, like, $500 million contract with Warner Brothers? Why have we heard nothing 
about that since. I mean, maybe it's Rise of Skywalker related, but um, and they're trying to like hide that. But I feel like I've seen his name attached to like two things as a producer. But besides that, like I thought they signed him for all that money to, you know, do stuff. Where where nah. where's where's JJ where's JJ stuff? Uh, I I would not be surprised if they're leading up to a Teen Titans. Actually, my my bigger fear is that Warner Brother that. Uh, the creators for this are like, we want to tell an Aqualad story. Cool. And then the higher ups are going, so uh, y'all planning to cross this over someday, right? They're like, <laughs> nah, actually, we were we were planning on making this its own romantic superhero story, uh, which is a little bit of superhero stuff, but more or less like a romantic coming of age story. Nah, nah, y'all thinking of crossing it over, right? Right? Because we do crossovers around here. Y'all can have your little romance, but end of the day, we need crossovers. And it'll be like, uh, okay, sure. It'll be a crossover now. That's the right answer. Like, I worry <laughs> that that's, I worry yeah, that that might be the yeah. mindset here. I, I can totally see that. Um, I, I think, and this is something you and I have always said about Warner. And you know what? Maybe this will change go with this new merger and all that but uh, you can tell a self-contained story and still do a crossover at the same time like you just have to explain how they got to the place that they're in uh, in the crossover like it's not not that hard like uh, we don't i think all that to say i'm excited for this I don't think it necessarily has to be a crossover i don't think it necessarily has to exist in a certain space i just would like to know where now for the most important, well, second most important news of the day. You'll obviously know what the most important news is when we get to it. But all hail the return of the greatest film character of all time. <laughs> Riley Poole is coming back to the National Treasure universe, gosh dang it, in the National Treasure Disney Plus TV show. It's it's not National Treasure 3, but I'll take it because Riley Poole is awesome. And this at least like kind of turns the knob on the door, at least, that might let Nicolas Cage come back to show up in this National Treasure TV show. I think more people were just surprised than anything that they're like, whoa, so does this mean the National Treasure TV show exists in the same universe as the movies? I'm going, I, I why, thought why? Disney like was open and honest from the get-go that they did, but also... Y'all, are you just that excited for crossovers that the most simple crossover will excite you? Like, yes, yes, this yes, is not I that am. big of a crossover. <laughs> it's like, don't get me wrong, Riley is one of, if not my favorite movie character of all time, because he's just the guy that doesn't want to be there. <laughs> like, it's like, who wants Which to go is inside? Me, most of the time, <laughs> nah, he's smart. Oh. And knows about daylight savings time, which oh. he can't make that reference anymore. Daylight savings isn't a thing anymore. Well, in well, some states, <laughs> no, no, like that's gone, gone. Like Congress passed that thing, dude. So now no. that reference is dated and gone. Yeah. Con okay. Okay. Daylight savings is gone now. Okay. Then why did my clock still change? Why does my clock still change? Because they passed it after the most recent change obviously because that's how congress works uh but i think people are okay. just like it's a huge <laughs> this is awesome i'm going this is like the most base level crossover imaginable which means you know sony could never do it in a million dreams because 
they don't know how to do crossovers successfully. It works either way. I know what I said. Um, I think this does open the door for Nicolas Cage to show up at some point. Maybe he's like in the very last episode or yet. Better yet, Nicolas Cage is the treasure that they are seeking. Yeah. He's like, wait a second. Bro, I see. I can see the, the wheels turning, buddy. Let's what go. What, he, what we got? What we got? What if he, Diane Kruger, Riley, um, what if they're all on the quest for whatever was on page 57? And somewhere okay. along the way, they get captured, and the only one that escapes is Riley, and basically starts the mission by telling these new people... We have this treasure that we got lost finding. We, I've heard that you're really good because uh, Disney, you know, is really ham-fisted about here. Pass the torch off to the next generation. You get it. You get that these guys are the new people that you should be really caring about. So I can absolutely see Riley showing up saying, "Hey, I need you to help find this treasure for my friend," because he, it, yes, it might be a little Tomb Raider-ish, um, or even Uncharted-ish. That's a weird trope and adventure movies and i'm just now realizing of treasure hunt of having a relative or a friend be abducted and the treasure's finding them um but maybe that's how it ties in um this is a cool character i like the national treasure mythos a lot the first yeah. national treasure is honestly one of if not the movie that i've seen the most ever because i'd see it in school a lot it's one of those that's super easy to watch nicholas cage is a beautiful human being and it always gets me super curious about like so if you do take some lemons to the back of the declaration of independence <laughs> no no that's not how that works uh <laughs> so if you kidnap john voigt <laughs> citric acid doesn't work that way my dude uh so if you look at the back of abraham lincoln's head <laughs> I so like to me this is like like you said like bare minimum like yeah like why would he not to me this is like it wouldn't make sense to do national treasure without any connection to the movies at all period uh so Riley being the one to come back is perfect I'm perfectly okay with uh maybe he's taken up the mantle that Cage left behind I don't know it'd be kind of yeah, maybe yeah because he's just as smart as they are so he wrote I mean, a book yeah why not um i can see it sure why not but like yeah this is like the base level of announcements and i'm I'm just excited to see what else they bring i think i'm more excited to see what treasure they're gonna go after um so Magellan's like uncharted <laughs> now you have two separate series going after the same tre the same treasure <laughs> now if we are theoretically bringing back non-cage-related national treasures, yes, I'm not gonna lie. I would kind of pop if we bring back Sean Bean's Ian character. Okay, because we established yeah. he's got a lot of money, so maybe he was able to post bail. And in a surprise twist for Sean Bean, he didn't freaking die. He's still <laughs> alive. He didn't even get close to death. His like buddy like fell down the pit, but other than that, he's just like. I'm Sean Bean, and I'm still alive, and I approve this message. Like, bring <laughs> they clearly need to bring him back. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, ha having him come back as, like, the villain would almost make sense as well. He's the one funding the expedition. Yeah, it's like, as, like, a weird... He wants <laughs> to stick a, they, it to Gates. No, they take a, a, a page out of Lost Cities 
book and like he's the one funding the the expedition but he's also the villain but he's like he's not a terrible person oh no why would i do that yeah no i just i can see a lot of fun there um yeah bring back sean bean um tom holland exists i don't know that'd be fun (laughs) staying on the disney plus train we're going to transition from Finding treasure to mythology, as we have our lead actor now for the upcoming Percy Jackson series that will be making its way to Disney+. And I think Josh and I will have our own unique perspective on this, as the Adam Projects actor Walker Scoble, the basically the young Ryan Reynolds character, has been cast as Percy Jackson for this show. I think I'm going to come at it from the perspective of having seen Adam Project, and I think Josh is going to come at it from the perspective of having seen Percy Jackson, which should make this very interesting because I don't think Josh has seen the Adam Project, and I no. haven't seen Percy Jackson. So, <laughs> initial thoughts about the original Percy Jackson movies, the first two. Did you grow up reading the books or just seeing the movies, Josh? No, nah, I just saw, I think I've only seen the first one. <laughs> I didn't even realize the second one existed until like maybe a year ago. Um, I did not read the books. It's actually on my list of things of like series I want to read because supposedly it's It's another Sean Bean project. It sure is. Uh, He also uh, survives that, doesn't he? Yeah, he does because he's two for two. (laughs) Um, Like. I remember seeing the movie. I it's apparent the books are apparently as good, not just as good, but better than the Harry Potter books. Which is uh, now that I'm going into the Deathly Hollows, is not that high of a bar to get over. Um, yeah, I you said you what finished I said. you finished Half Blood Prince. Now you got to come back to reality. Hope the yeah. ghost Harry. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be that'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, I've only seen the the first film. Um, so and. Oddly enough, the musical. Uh, <laughs> don't know why. There's a musical? Yeah, it's, it's pretty good, actually. <laughs> Percy Jackson, the... Lightning Sings Twice. <laughs> no, it's part of Percy Jackson and Lightning. It's, it's cool. I mean, it kind of skips over. It's it's like... A, and I they saw, like, still the kept version. ludicrous for the music. <laughs> Honestly, I'd be there. I'd be there for it. <laughs> yeah, weird. You can't tell me that would be cool. <laughs> Move, Zeus! Get out the way. The way, good. I don't. Is that? I don't think that's ludicrous. I'm gonna look it up because I'm white and I don't know this. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I've I've only seen the film, um, and musical. Uh, so like I, but I do have a general it idea. Is. For that. Yeah, look at you. I know hip hop. <laughs> Make one hip hop reference, and uh, that that's all it took. Um, I've seen the movie, but like, so I have the general idea of the story. Um. I have a question, and I don't know if this is just because, you know, I've realized today that I'm 20 days away from my, like, my 30th birthday. Um, That's what I don't know if this is out. me getting old, but this kid seems younger. He's 13. As, as, as Percy than, what was his name? Logan, Logan Lerman. Logan Lerman was when he was cast. But either that or I'm just like, Flip, my brain is not computing how young he, how how old Logan is in comparison to me. Um, yeah, the kid playing Percy Jackson is thirteen, which I think really helps it. Again, I don't yeah. know the proper age of Percy Jackson, but I feel like Percy Jackson did kind of suffer from that thing of, oh, you're supposed to be a kid, 
you definitely look like an adult. Like, the Harry Potter movies definitely suffered from that in the later... Well, they suffered from that from three onward. They did not look their proper ages. Like, they look like full-grown adults by the third or fourth movie. Um, With yeah. terrible hair in that fourth movie. But the kid, I think, having not read the source material to know what age he's supposed to be, I'm I'm curious about this, a much younger-looking kid... I loved him in the Adam Project. Like, Ryan Reynolds obviously will take most of the spotlight because he's Ryan Reynolds. There's a lot of times in the Adam Project this kid is taking the spotlight away from Ryan Reynolds and going toe-to-toe with Ryan Reynolds in terms of charm and charisma. This kid has an incredibly bright future. Um, It's only a matter of time before he's in the MCU because that's just how it goes with kid actors these days. Um. I really liked him in the Adam Project, Josh. I think that's one that you really need to get around to watching. I, I, I know, think, I know. I think you'll really enjoy <laughs> the Adam Project. Uh, plus, it's a 13 going on 30 reunion, and I know you're a 13 going on 30 simp. So, uh, yeah, oh yeah, totally. Oh yeah. <laughs> Josh does a thriller um, dance every night with Andy Circus. Every night, every single night. So, um, in the books, Percy is in the first in the Lightning Thief. He's 12 years old. So this is his age is. is pretty pretty good and i was right uh logan learman's um percy in the movie is 16 when they when they start the film so he is older in in the movie than uh so it of course it's gonna feel like this kid is like a little younger uh because he is <laughs> wow facts are reality that's crazy facts <laughs> um, are facts yeah so i'm but i'm excited because it i haven't read necessarily the the source material so like i don't necessarily have uh, accurate things to be excited about, but like the I understand the concepts and the, the story beats, and I'm excited to see what they're going to be able to do on a smaller screen as opposed to uh, trying to fit everything into an hour and a half. Yeah, flush it out with more time, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if ever there was a news topic that was <laughs> catered just to me and me alone, that makes me go, screw you all, I'm having fun. It's this one right here. Y'all are going to laugh at this just going, are you kidding me? Hollywood is out of ideas, to which I'm just going, what's the the Rick meme? You son of a gun, I'm in. Apparently, (laughs) we are getting a spirit Halloween movie. Yes, that sketchy, sketchy store that pops up in every deserted Toys R Us near you every August through November 1st is getting a movie adaptation and I cannot wait. Here's the thing though that I didn't realize until today. This movie's already done filming. Wait, what? Yeah, this thing has <laughs> this thing has wrapped already. They, they must have announced this like as a, hey, guess what? We're done. Coming this October is the Spirit Halloween movie starring Back to the Future's Christopher Lloyd and She's All That and Psych star Rachel Lee Cook, which is kind of an odd combination, but I don't care because Spirit Halloween is on the name, so I'll be there with bells on. So supposedly, the premise of this is a whole bunch of teenagers um, decide, hey, I think it'd be fun to stay overnight in a Spirit Halloween as we all naturally have those thoughts from time to time. Um, 
But what they don't realize is the Spirit Halloween is haunted, and when the store closes, all the animatronics come to life. So it's Night at the Museum in oh, a that's... tiny 15 by 15 foot store. That's actually kind of like... Right? I, mean, I, don't, I don't want to use the word fascinating, but like, I... <laughs> Now you're on board. Oh no, no, yeah, <laughs> oh no! Rachel Lee Cook is the is the store manager, and Christopher Lloyd is the warehouse manager in the back. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't want to be on board with this, but I'm so on board, absolutely. And here's also here's the other reason why I'm so on board with this. What have I been preaching for years? Why doesn't Spirit Halloween sell horror movies? Now, since the movie is literally about Spirit Halloween, guess what they're going to sell at Spirit Halloween stores? A Spirit Halloween movie! We're open the door! We're finally close to it! I don't care that this is the dumbest idea we've ever talked about. Oh, not the dumbest idea. Remember that Magic 8-Ball movie that's supposedly in development at Blumhouse? Um, the only hitch that some people, not me, I don't have an issue with this. Some people are freaking out because um, in the press release, they're like, uh, it'll be a family-friendly film. And, go, and some people are going, ugh. I'm going, you could still it's... have fun. Monster House is quote-unquote family-friendly. Goosebumps is quote-unquote family-friendly. You could still have fun with that. And also, if you want kids to get into horror movies, they need a gateway drug. And maybe this could be a kid's gateway drug someday. I said what I said. (laughs) It's the modern-day Halloween town for this generation. You joke. (laughs) You joke. (laughs) But, like, we don't have those kinds of movies these days. Like, they don't make scary movies for kids because of that kind of uh caveat with it of like oh man a horror movie that's only pg no bro like i'm imagining like a pg version of willie's wonderland with michael cage who michael cage nicholas cage no my gosh who is michael cage i have no idea michael Michael cage sounds like a george clooney character and like some drama that nobody (laughs) saw like michael clayton um i move over halloween ends this is the most anticipated movie of october (laughs) this is the one we're all gonna be clamoring for the spirit halloween movie is it gonna suck there's like a 75 percent chance it's gonna suck so what this sounds amazing and it sounds like it was made specifically for me and no one else that's why it's a perfect movie idea because I don't care for the concerns of other people when it comes to movies. I'm that guy that as soon as July starts coming around, I'm going, so, uh, what buildings are closed near us? That could be... <laughs> then start mapping things out and come August, you're just going, all right, it's August 15th and still no spirits are open. What gives? And everyone else is going, it's august i'm going yeah it's august <laughs> oh, yes <laughs> i think but like see I, I think people have underestimated spirit halloween's uh, uh like there's cultural staple because like there's really not outside of like your main like walmart target uh uh home depot i don't know um yes like, i who, get my halloween costume at home I mean, but, depot hey, wasn't it home depot last year that got had that like 50 foot skeleton i'm pretty sure 
I'll have to look it up. But like, yeah, like Home Depot sold like a fifty foot skeleton, it, or like fifteen. I'm not fifty is kind of tall, but like <laughs> yeah, fifty foot skeleton, <laughs> but like a twenty. But okay, twenty foot skeleton uh, for Halloween or something. But like, it's Nick still would like... not want to go fishing with Josh. <laughs> You're like, I caught a thirty foot fish. How big? It was like an eight foot fish. Really? It was like a twenty seven foot fish. <laughs> it was like the size of my arm, but like four times. But if my arm was bent a little bit bent, like this, and I was like hunched over like this and it was like a wednesday so (laughs) it was cloudy i couldn't see Um, cloudy with a chance of fish (laughs) meatballs is better um (laughs) but yeah so but like it it is the only like consistent store that we can go to for halloween stuff that's not like a i'm gonna use the word big corporate institution be it because even though at this point I think Spirit Halloween is big enough for that, like they are a corporate institution. They're so big that they only have to be open two months of the year, which is nuts. Yeah. Um, also, like I got fooled on April Fool's Day because they posted something about um, Spirit Halloween. Now select op- select locations open year round. I'm going. <gasps> uh, it's the <laughs> oh, one wait, day that April. everyone fact checks what they read on the internet. Um, <laughs> The only day. But the again, only day. <laughs> again, because this is Spirit Halloween movie, that means they should be able to sell that movie in stores. So I'll be vindicated on the one thing that I've said for years of why don't you sell movies in uh, Spirit Halloween. It just makes so much sense. Um, then, after that, soon enough we'll have merchandise in movie theaters. It'll happen someday. Mark my words. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, nah, we're too busy uh, upping ticket prices. Mm, yeah, AMC. Well, as per usual, this episode is sponsored by TeePublic, your one-stop shop for all your Uncharted Media merch, whether it's shirts, sweatshirts, notepads, stickers, whatever your heart desires with Uncharted Media designs on them, get it there and support the show. Now, here's where we once again prove where Josh is wrong in some stuff. Because... Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So we're we're leading with that. All right. Hurt, 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 Well, hurt, I'm hurt. I'm just operating under the assumption, like we did in the very first episode, that I'm very firmly in the camp of video game adaptations can work. And Scrooge McDuck is gonna say video game adaptations can't work, and they should only be video games. <laughs> I okay. We will get to the to the to the to the, like this is where i stand part let's let's go ahead and let's talk about because we both saved our like our actual opinions i would of, of sonic the hedgehog um should we try to keep it as spoiler free as possible yes i would say so so we okay. won't we won't talk about mario showing up and challenging him for the next olympics and then <laughs> link no. spamming them off the map and then at the end Dr. Mario comes along and says, I'm here to talk to you about the Smash Initiative. I hate you. I hate every... First of all, if they ever were calling it something, Smash Initiative is not that. No, sir. That's something else. That's a... Anyway. um... Super Smash (laughs) Initiative. So, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 knows exactly what it is. Um, It knows exactly what its source material is. Um, I will say that i loved it there are certain things that and certain scenes that i think are there for no real reason there's all right i'm gonna say this real quick 
uh there's a couple scenes that make relationships to certain characters questionable some of the ways that tails talks to sonic are um interesting to say the least uh and then the little comment that i can never remember her name the 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 wife character makes oh, at yeah. the end you know what comment i'm talking about <laughs> where she was like i really like the the red one i was like well, hmm, hmm, hmm. the way that she phrases it is oh, i like, don't know what you're talking about a, Girl, that is a big red echidna. Chill out. Um, okay, but can we talk about how great and how perfect Idris Elba is? Oh, dude, so good. Idris Elba's fantastic. Tails' voice is actually, like, I can listen to it. It's the same person, <laughs> it, that's why. Which is crazy to me. Um, because, like, there's been so many times where they do Tails' voice, and it's so annoying. Um, like Slippy in Star Fox. God, worse. Slippy, um, I just let die. I'm not ashamed <laughs> to admit it. Screw you. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, I will say... Josh would watch a Star Fox movie, as we know. Uh, all right, going to week three <laughs> on... Uh, <laughs> week three of Josh is a, is a secret furry. Got no, it, this furry. is like week four or five now. <laughs> I know. Oh, no. Josh's journey um, of discovery. <laughs> uh, that being said, um, I think... Jim, I, I like where they put Jim Carrey's Eggman at the end of the film. If he wants to come back, he can, but he doesn't have to. Yeah, basically. Um, what did you What did you think of it? I I'm like you of. I love that it knows exactly what it is. I think something we can easily talk about with video game adaptations is a lot of times they try to be something that they're not. Um, That's fair. Which is like some video games, their original concept is not high art. So you shouldn't be striving to make high art movies. This movie is perfect for exactly what it is. I won't spoil it for the people at home, but my theater was so loud at the post credit scene. Like, Marvel levels of loud for the post credit scene. I will say I contributed to it, obviously. <laughs> but... I love the direction that they're going because they're not ashamed to embrace the source material. They know exactly what they are. Um, as, as made obvious by the climax of the film. Like, dude. There's nothing wrong with the climax whatsoever. That oh, is a perfect climax. Nothing. It's perfect. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't want to interrupt you. Oh, no, like, you're good. I, holy crap. It was one of those, like, I did, I, I, wanted it to go that direction but i never thought that that would ever be something that we would ever see that a studio would take seriously and we got what we got <laughs> yeah sonic used a chili cheese dog to defeat eggman that is one of my favorite lines though from knuckles like he's <laughs> not the sonic that you once knew oh nope he is oh like, yeah he i is. love <laughs> that knuckles is essentially just dave batista's drax basically like <laughs> everything goes over his head nothing would go over my head my reflexes are too fast i would catch it like it knows exactly what it is also the hardest i laughed we won't say what it is um to spoil it because it is a really good joke but the very very obvious parks and rec joke <laughs> that i'm going <gasps> You made that reference in this specific movie. If you, if you know the cast of the movie, you can catch on pretty quick of what I mean by that. Um, But this movie gets to the heart of it of this movie knows what its source material is 
and what it needs to be to please its audience. I love that the critics don't really love it, but the audience, it's like a 97% audience yeah. rating of the people that wanted to see this movie and weren't forced to. I'm not saying critics were forced to see this, but they might have been forced to see it. People that grew up playing Sonic games, walking away super happy because the character dynamics are perfect with Sonic and Tails and even Knuckles to the extent of it. I love that while I liked James Marsden and Sonic's interaction in the first one, it felt like a buddy cop, like basically mm-hmm. James Marsden's oddly specific typecast of, I am a good person teamed with a furry CGI creature hop. Uh, but this this movie should not have been called Sonic 2. It should have been called Sonic Adventures because it's truly a Sonic and Tails movie. There's not a lot mm-hmm. of human stuff. That being said, when there is human stuff, the sister-in-law... That's all Perfect. I have to say. The sister-in-law's wedding. <laughs> oh my god! I think my favorite part is uh, first of all, like there's a lot of great stuff in there. Uh, but them trying to pretend like uh, to, to, to James James Morrison, yeah, to, yeah, is not as jacked as her husband mm-hmm. is hilarious yeah he's like oh i'm, I'm not as man as them. i'm like dude i see like, your veins they, when they both flex and it's obviously just as like he's just as jack yeah. i was like wait we just we not we're not acknowledging that no okay okay cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I, I think the the side the scene in siberia one of my favorites of oh, the movie great, the Fantastic. winter soldier god so good but like before that in the bar the bar scene fantastic love that i don't know so unexpected it's so great so great i think also the movie does a good job of making the movie feel like levels of you've got your underwater level you've got your jungle level you've got your beach level uh while still feeling like a movie so i think this movie should be the template going forward of don't be afraid of your source material. Just know exactly what you are. So I think that leads us perfectly into our discussion here. So I wanted to start us off by looking back at the difference between then and now. Our first episode was September 2018. So I went back and did this thing called research. What? Where I looked at all the video game adaptations that we've gotten since 2018. Mm-hmm. And holy crap. We've had... Detective Pikachu, both Sonic, Monster Hunter, Mortal Kombat, Werewolves Within, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, I can't say welcome apparently, Uncharted, The Witcher, and Halo. Now, not all those are winners, but looking at that list, I see more good than I see bad, and compared to the previous history of video game adaptations, I think the chart skews positively more so than it skews negatively because like the first episode i'm going back and listening to all of our old episodes for something um henry cavill got cast as the witcher like in our second or third episode oh wow so when we had this first discussion the witcher wasn't even a thing yet and josh has gone on record i'm gonna trap him in his own words josh loves the witcher show on netflix yeah it's fantastic but it's also a tv show uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Uh. So here's the thing, man. I I agree, and I know. Obviously, it's obvious what what um stance we're both kind of taking here. I'm definitely more tentative when it comes to this because I think there's this very very specific caveat on all of these films, including the ones that did well, 
and especially the ones that did awful. Let's use Monster Hunter as a case study, okay? You have a large catalog of games to pull from. You literally have no specific storyline that you have to follow, um, except that, hey, there's a big monster, we have to hunt it. Cool, easy to do. The movie tries so desperately to be taken seriously in comparison to Sonic, like the first one, Sonic the Hedgehog. It does no effort whatsoever for you to take it seriously. It's like, look, bro, this is the movie we made. We had fun with it. And if you have fun with it, all right, cool. I think what's interesting to me and the difference there for Sonic there's several TV shows, including the game, to back up all, all of the source material. So technically, this is a character that we as a culture have spent time with outside of the gaming world. And so there is like, um, I got from this movie very specific vibes from like Sonic X or Sonic Underground. Uh, so I think, I don't know how to say this. I I, I I'm happy that Sonic did what it did, but I think to ignore the fact that it has a lot of stuff coming before it content wise is unfair to the discussion that we were having. I'm, I, and I don't think, I think from, cause in our first episode, I said, I don't think they can work truly. And to be fair, I think Warcraft had, had just come out like re, like very close to that time. I mean, yeah, it had come out two years prior. So to me, thinking of video games, I'm not just thinking, I at that specifically at that time, like, all right, oh. cool. So Nintendo can't work, but like obviously Nintendo can work. Well, uh, I think or also Sega can work with Warcraft though. I think it all kind of depends on the density of the source material. Also, true. as much as I love Uncharted or Sonic, um. It's not as deep of a lore that's required to be in the movie. It's like, yeah, there's definitely some lore to Uncharted and some lore to Sonic, but you don't always need 100% of that. You need a lot of lore and world building for Warcraft to just put in a movie. Yeah. Like, there, that's a very rich and heavy world. Not saying that, like, Sonic or The Last of Us um, or even Monster Hunter doesn't have that lore. But those are more, like, straightforward in their linear narrative that you don't you don't always need the ancillary knowledge that comes in the background. But, like, a Warcraft, I was so lost because I had never played any of the games and I felt like the yeah. games were knowledge. So that kind of brings me to one of the points that I wanted to talk about. When it comes to video game adaptations, whether it's movies or TV, should the creators take the approach of, for the fans... Or for the general public, because I bring that up with a video game adaptation that's going on as we speak that seems to be very divided between the general population really, really enjoying it and diehard Halo fans hating it. Obviously, I'm talking about the Halo show that was, you know, in development hell forever, but supposedly I've not seen any of it yet. Um, just add it to the list of things to watch. Um, supposedly the general population who doesn't have as much of a knowledge of the Halo story, they are really digging it. Whereas Halo fans are going, why is Master Chief without his helmet? Why this? Why that? Why aren't they using the correct sound effects? I'm just like, it's hard because I'm not in that bubble. I'll put it myself in that situation with the Uncharted movie mm -hmm. because 
obviously. Um, <laughs> I liked it as a movie enough, but there are still certain key factors that I think they dropped the ball with. I think Sully absolutely sucked. I think the movie does a complete disservice to how fantastic the music the music in this movie is terrible. But I, of all the people that I know that have seen this movie, and I saw it with casual people that have never played the games, that factor did not bother them. They were just like, yeah, it didn't really bother me. I thought the music was fine. I'm like, no, the music was bad, and it should be ashamed of itself. It's not Pacific Rim. <laughs> um, or they're like, yeah, I like Mark Wahlberg's character. I'm like, he's, he's just Mark Wahlberg. But to them, they enjoyed that, and the audience reaction to Uncharted was like Sonic, of significantly higher than the critics' reaction. I think Uncharted was like 90%. So where's the line there between mm -hmm. for fans of the material and for the general public? So I think the case study that we were kind of building here, I think we have to now talk, bring in an actual discussion about The Witcher. Because the first season of The Witcher is, by and large, a very standard fantasy tale very standard, doesn't dive really too deep into the lore of the world that is The Witcher, kind of gives you your basic rules, but doesn't really uh, start to really bring out like the nitty gritty stuff. Now, compare that to the reception of this second season. The second season is not for everybody because it is very lore heavy. It is it, still action, absolutely, but it's diving deeper into the lore of the witcher so to me what's interesting is the witcher took the approach of kind of what you're talking about is that first season is definitely for a more quote-unquote broader audience broader fantasy audience um whereas the second season is more of okay cool we got you now you're you're invested now we're going to go down into the weird stuff and so to me, I, I think, and I, I'd have to go back and listen to that first episode, but I, I've still, I still think I, a TV show is going to be a better format for specific games. I think if Uncharted might be like a six episode event. Oh, so exactly I, what Heather pitched years and years ago that it should yes. be a, a TV show. Yeah, I think it would be, it would go better. Uh, to, I think in more and more we look at it now, it a very specific game, very specific games are going to translate better to the to the big screen. That's why I said like, can can they work? Yeah, but like it has to be some very specific things that are tailored to very specific profit properties. So I'm glad you brought up something that actually is in my notes for a point that I really wanted to talk about that the world has significantly changed even from September 2018 when we first did this topic was yes the rise of streaming mm -hmm. when we first talked in 2018 there was no Disney plus there was no Paramount plus there's no HBO Max there's no Discovery plus there was basically like Netflix and Hulu were the two dominating forces in the streaming business some of the stuff that we've talked about today, whether it's Halo or The Witcher, I think excels because they're on streaming services. And we're seeing more and more places like branch out and see the value of the IP that is video games. So like we've got for upcoming projects, we have The Last of Us uh, as a show on HBO. We've got the Borderlands movie. We've got Paramount milking Sonic for all it's worth and getting multiple Sonic spinoffs. 
we've got a twisted metal uh, i think it's either movie or tv show all of those are on the horizon so i think places are realizing the value of the ip that is video games but also putting them up as streaming options which brings up my question of streaming versus theatrical and again mm-hmm. it could come back to it depends on the property i still firmly believe that while it had its missteps uncharted as a franchise is destined to be a big screen thing like there are yeah. some there are some properties um that are more fit for tv not saying they're lesser but i think like the last of us will be perfect for tv but like halo i would have put that as a movie because it's so grand in scope uncharted will should always be theatrical at least for me because a big part of the uncharted the the fun of it so to speak is the massive set pieces of that's fair nathan drake being arguably the worst archaeologist of all time like nothing he touches is left standing including relationships um (laughs) so like we need to see that large scale so let's bring up a previously before sonic the hedgehog let's talk about my personal favorite video game movie of all time prince of persia and the saints of time yeah buddy let's go um the beautiful gyllenhaal and i'll say this till i'm blue in the face the greatest disney princess of all time (laughs) Gemma arterton is fantastic no shame Uh, absolutely so what's interesting is it's kind of the same kind of scenario as halo i have no connection to the games whatsoever so i enjoyed the crap out of the movie I recently brought it up to somebody who has like grew up playing the Prince of Persia games and he absolutely hates the movie and said it was absolutely awful. I was like, you can't enjoy it on any level. Like it's a pretty fun movie. Um, He's like, no, I can't. It's stupid. It gets this wrong. gets this wrong. gets this wrong. So first of all, I think we'll bring up that uh, the discussion we've had before is that sometimes nerds are the worst fans of all time. Star Um, Wars star wars looking at you um wwe sometimes marvel fans snyder fans oh Um, snyder fans are the worst worst um the worst but but i will say this and this kind of does give uh some some juice to your argument at the same time prince of persia i could never see as as a tv show it's too grand in scale it'd be like trying to do mad max but on a small screen mad max fury road i mean no it's not a comic but like just in comparison to those big that big scale would not work i mean it looks great on a tv but gosh dang when you're in a theater it feels so good so I, i would agree it's it's definitely they can work, but there's a large elephant in the room. There's a large caveat on, okay, let's look at the source material. Where does it belong? Now, I do think that I agree that the likelihood that a property will get the proper avenue of, of viewing is more, is higher now, excuse me, than it ever has been. Like Halo going to Paramount, to me personally, I'm a big fan of Forward Until Dawn. It was a small little web series they did leading up to one of the Halo games. Fantastic. Uh, Live action heard... Red versus Blue. Let's make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was Rooster, everyone's Roo- childhood for a while Roo- there. Rooster Teeth would never sell the rights to that ever. Um, but 
to me, Halo absolutely belongs on the small screen. I understand that of the scale can be a lot bigger, but the thing that makes Halo tick is the character moments. And you and not to say you can't do character moments on the big screen, but they need to be prolonged. So ha, it, it's and that's what I think. I still need to watch the show, but I think you, you and I talked about this when the the trailer for Halo came out. To me, it looked like they were going more of their own direction. That was closer to the Halo books, which are something that I grew up reading and loved because, I mean, as much as. The fact that he's taking his helmet off should not be the, a surprise. Like, I don't understand why nerds will sit here and go, well, look, I spent 25 hours with this character and he never takes it, uh, his helmet off. I don't see how that wouldn't work for, for television. It just, it, it doesn't work for television. Why do you think they take Spider-Man's mask off every single time they need him to actually emote seriously? Good like, call. It, Good call. It, you, you have to have that off, unfortunately. Um, I understand where you're coming from, but you're wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, th and this is coming on the, didn't they announce, who was it? Amazon announced they were going to have a God of War movie coming out. Uh, series. Or show TV coming show. out. Or, yeah. Show. So. And Michael Sarah will be playing Kratos. Uh, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that to me. Oh my gosh! Have you seen the trailer of the uh, the um, Kung Fu Panda knockoff that he's starring yeah, in? Yeah, what the heck? I saw that during Sonic. What the heck is that movie? I am like, so did confused. Samuel L. Jackson just need an extension on his house or something? Because that movie looks terrible. Same with Bad Guys. So bad Guys looks bad. awful. So um, bad. But yeah. But yes, I think a movie should not be based on it. Should not be judged on its source material, whether or not it it's it matters more. Does it deliver as good stories because i think people like mainstream people are finally catching on to the fact what gamers have known forever games tell better stories than movies tell of video games basically if that makes sense like video yeah. games nowadays tell incredible stories uncharted 4 to me is one of the best told adventure stories ever and it's one of the most human stories yes it's grand in scope but it's a very personal story about maturity and growing up and yeah. what are you willing to leave behind as an adult to move on to something that actually makes you happy um but like case in point the uncharted movie if i take my uncharted diehard gripes away does it still work as a movie for the most part i'd say yes but some of my issues would still be there i don't think the nathan drake and sully dynamic is particularly strong not even so much of just like well that's not how it is in the games i just think yeah it's weird that the movie was advertised as see the origin of the friendship of nathan and sully and then the movie spent so much time with them apart from each other and <laughs> sully... got some star wars prequel syndrome going there buddy <laughs> also, also sully just kind of like floats in and out and also like logistically shows up in places that actually defy rules of like, no, no, you shouldn't actually be here right now. Like mathematically, it's not possible. It's like looking at that scene in Empire Strikes, not Empire Strikes Back, different movie, uh, Emperor's New Groove, when they pull down the <laughs> map and they're just like, how'd you get here? Uh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like we came down the map and came up top. Yeah. Um, but like there's there's structural issues with the uncharted movie as a movie not specifically just as an uncharted adaptation but at the end of the day 
it still works as a movie. Sonic works as a movie because it has a story. Yes, it's got Easter eggs out the wazoo off the source material, but it still knows to make a good story. And I think the problem is when you look at previous adaptations, like Five Good Things is Doom. Any Doom movie fails to be a good story first and then a good Doom story. The story should always come first. Now, I think something that's really important <laughs> okay, to talk about. Hold on, hold on. Don't you defend You're, Doom Annihilation? No, 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 no. But like Doom is only, uh, really only like is similar to the games in that it happens on Mars and it's called Doom. Like everything else about that oh, movie so is not at all to the games. Uh, I think also something that has happened between September 2018 and now that I think is a really big turning point for the world of video game adaptations has nothing to do with video game adaptations whatsoever, but video game representation in movies because mm. I have I came put a little subset in the notes movies about video games which have kind of secretly been dominating lately you have the both of the new jumanji movies ready player yeah. one and most recently free guy all of these movies excel at being amazing video game movies while not actually being based off of a video game if we want to cast it back even further we can talk about wreck it ralph because wreck it ralph is amazing if those movies about video games could work why can't video game movies work there shouldn't really be a difference jumanji is honestly the best video game movie not based off an actual video game because they openly say all right we have three lives each we're going through different levels all of us have special power-ups and abilities that each of us can do it is blatantly a video game movie yet all both of the new movies are universally beloved for being fresh and fun so why does that work but others don't i think it's because there's this inherent laziness at times that we're only just starting to get out of studios going well it's a recognizable ip just slap whatever on it people won't go out and buy it i think we're getting to a point now that we are with like star wars of people that grew up with the material are now in a position to make the material themselves and since they have a passion for it they can put in more of the time and work into it like it's why mandalorian is so good is you're getting so many people that grew up with star wars now making their own star wars content I'd imagine the people that made the Sonic movies freaking love Sonic growing up because there's so much deep, deep Sonic cut references in both movies, but especially in the second one, that I think we're starting to see that trend, and I think that bodes well for video game adaptations going forward. Absolutely. I and So I think... How do I say that? I, I think you and I are closer in our opinions than I think we're willing to admit here i'm definitely oh, not no i think they can they can work they've just been bad yeah i i just i think i'm definitely more hesitant because of the schlock that we had to deal with in the 90s and early 2000s i think if anything that marvel has done it has shown that you can take something that is considered by old people to be juvenile and and not worth telling uh and turn it into something incredible and turn it into something that makes money because at the end of the day these movies got to make their money back uh unfortunately uh, 
And that's one of the reasons I think Sonic is getting multiple installments is because it, it it's banking, it was, my dude. It was made cheap. That's yes. the thing. If so many video game adaptations are just like, here, here's $200 million. You better make that back. And the filmmakers are just going, oh, no, which leads them to play it overly safe when in reality, like you should have done something like a Sonic of a mid-level budget and then mid-level success like it's got good yeah. success for what it's doing also Absolutely. with sonic it's another point that i wanted to bring up of adaptations of games versus original stories with the game characters because the filmmakers for both sonic games are like yes we're following some of the events in chronological order from the video games but we're not going to be going in order of the sonic games like the next one is not going to be based off of sonic 3 the video game or as much as, without delving too much into spoilers, as much as the end of the Uncharted movie looks like it's clearly setting up the events of the very first Uncharted game, I would not expect that to be the sequel, to just be a direct adaptation of Drake's Fortune. I'm not expecting The Last of Us TV show to be a direct adaptation like Hour for Hour of Joel and Ellie's trek across the country. Like I'm expecting there to be some tweaks, and I feel like a reason why fans in particular have not been on board video game adaptations is they are expecting a one-to-one -one copy of what they've spent hundreds of hours playing, which yeah. that doesn't always, that's not always feasible. Like I've always wanted an Uncharted adaptation, but I've never wanted a one-to-one -one copy of Drake's fortune. As much as I love Uncharted four, I don't want a one-to-one -one copy. I want new stories with these characters and I think so many times people get so protective about the characters that they've rightly have played, like I said, hundreds of hours with that when something comes along, they're just like, I already have these preconceived notions of what it's going to be. Like, I remember people were so pissed when Uncharted became a prequel and they're just like, but Nathan Drake that I know and love as an adult, I'm going, I get that, but they want to franchise this. And also, there's more stories to tell with Nathan Drake when he's younger than when he is when he's older. That way you're not handcuffed to the pre-existing lore, so to speak. You can change things up. You can make it fresh while still kind of keeping the the essence of what makes the character special. And I think we will slowly get to that point. Like, change is hard in general, but I feel like we're in the middle of a slow change when it comes to video game adaptations of looking at all those movies that I said um, from 2018 to now. Sure. Some of them are bad, but we are not in the dark ages of like that super original super Mario brothers or even more recently, like the God awful Assassin's Creed movie. Like I think those days of truly awful are behind us. And I think streaming is a big part of that. Yeah, no, I, I can I, I can completely agree with that. I, I, I think Assassin's Creed's one of those that it that's definitely one of those games that has so much potential to have really cool set pieces, great action scenes, and really, really interesting characters, but they tried to tell five games of story, which is gonna be like hundreds and hundreds of hours of gameplay in an hour and an hour and a half it's kind of when the last airbender tried to tell a whole season of storytelling in one hour and a half you can't do it so or I, I the original uh 
series of unfortunate events movie tried yes. to cram three books into one movie. Grand, I do have a like a, like a, a nostalgic. A lot of people do, and I don't understand yeah. it. I see. I've never read the books, so I don't have any. So that's like that was my first interaction with the story. So anyway, but uh, yeah, like to your point of of uh, starting people, yeah, it, it's people don't understand that when okay, I don't want to make that kind of generalization. That's mean. But often fans of certain games don't realize that when a company is making a movie based off of a game, it's based off of the IP, not of a specific game. So like if when they do a God of War show, I don't know where they're going to start because you have from the first God of War to now, which are two completely different stories. So it's if I am, I, I don't making, know what to expect. If I'm making the God of War show, the first episode ends with the death of his family. I think yeah. that would be. Oh, I think that's how you kick it off. Of just like, look at how great I am. Oh, oh no, oh 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 no, oh no yes. no 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 no. I, I definitely think you have to, like, especially in Game God of War, like, if you're going to tell your own story, I, I you absolutely, like, that is the problem with adaptations, though, is which parts do you pick and choose? If, let's use God of War as the case study here. Because do you go hardcore and, like, include everything that happens in the first three games, including those little side orgies? Um, do, like, do you do that? What, what all do you include? Uh, do you legitimate how you'd be crazy and so you have your first two seasons are is him just murdering his way through the the um the greek pantheon like that because that's basically you've got to spend that much time so but by the end of season two he actually has that final confrontation with zeus but like is that the direction you go do you go ahead? That's one of the things I personally found so brilliant story-wise about, like, I understand gameplay for, for God, the God of War game is not for everybody. I understand that. Um, story-wise, however, taking this character, and for a lot of people, this was their first God of War game, they have no idea about the history of this guy, of Kratos, going into this story. And so they do a really good job of giving you just enough to understand about Kratos. And so I, I think a show works great for that game. If you were to do a God of War movie, um, I don't know where you, where you start. You know what I mean? Like that's, we're talking, where, do you start in your first game? Do you start, you know what I mean? So I, I just, I think the 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 point we're, we're kind of saying over and over again is, yeah, they can work. Is Josh has kinda. changed his mind over time. I mean, yeah, I'm still very All because of the Sonic movies. <laughs> I mean, kind of, yes. But Sonic also has because... really shown that there is... Oh, yeah. If you do it right, or as much as, that, I, and... as much as I don't want to give it credit, too much credit, I don't hate the movie, but I think Uncharted really kind of opened some people's eyes because that is quietly doing incredibly well. I and always told Heather, and she agreed with me, of... Yeah, Uncharted's doing well for right now at the box office, like surprisingly well. But there's this big black bat standing right over its shoulder. Batman is going to run through this thing like a buzzsaw. And it didn't. Yeah, the Batman had a great opening weekend and it still continues to track well. Also, quick side tangent, you can see the Batman on HBO Max starting next week. It's 
Let's go. Super bizarre. Um, but even after the Batman came out, Uncharted is still making a couple million dollars each weekend. Like it is, I think it's up to 150 million domestically now and like 350 worldwide. Like it's yeah, it's way just, overperformed it's even what I thought it would do. Um, but it gets the essence of Uncharted right of Swashbuckle Adventure. So I think we're, we're slowly turning the big rig in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But what what more changes would you like to see for a video game adaptation, Josh? Um, we're getting a Tetris movie, so that that solves everything. Okay, cool, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think the thing I want to get away from is just because a game has a large fan base doesn't mean it deserves a movie. Like, like in the case of if they have, are they actually doing a Tetris movie? Uh, actually, yes, but it's not about the game. It's about the guy that created Tetris. Okay, see, super interesting. Love Starring Taron Edgerton. I don't hate that actually. I kind of like I that. I know a lot. you don't. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. It feels like a bio flick. I'm, 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 I'm a bio flick. I'm super down with that. Um, a bio flick. So anyway, um, a bio flick. I uh, know we're gonna we're gonna walk away. I'm from not that. gonna lie. That's kind of interchangeable. Bio flick yeah. and biopic is interchangeable. Why don't more yeah. people call it bio flicks? Because yeah, it is. maybe because it it sounds like a disease, but <laughs> sounds like something. I have a bio flick shirt. Yeah, yeah. Uh- <laughs> I got a scab that I picked off my shirt. That I picked <laughs> it's a left. bio flick. I have a scab that I picked off my elbow and it landed on your shirt. Can I have it back? Anyway, um, geez. Shout out to Neutron. The thing that I am worried about that will happen is once like these shows and and movies that are based on games do well, studios will come out and be like, all right, cool. So we're going to start making games out of everything. And all of a sudden we have a Battletoads movie and we have a uh, House of the House of the Dead. I would we put, have a House of the Dead movie. No, we have a House of the Dead fan film. Don't we have I, House I'm of not, the Dead that with, movie is with, so dead. So with bad. Lois Lane from Smallville. It's so bad. It is so so bad. But tell me, you would not watch a Battletoads movie. I would be there with my bells on, okay? Because oh my gosh, imagine if it's like the Wachowski Speed Racer, but with battle toads which like, hold on i don't know if i've ever if i've ever like on the pod like spoken my love of speed racer the wachowski speed racer it is not the cartoon but it is also the cartoon it is so it's so interesting I don't where's know my what frogger pe- movie dang it no 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 um yes but like but that's my point though is i don't think every game deserves a movie and so i i think my hope is going forward. One of the things I'm going to require of studios, because you know, <laughs> I'm yes, I'm so Josh cool. Has power. Yeah, yeah, they respect my opinion. Obviously, respect um, my authority. Yeah, um, they uh, that they not take the see the success of of Sonic the Hedgehog or or of of Uncharted and go. All right, cool. Grab whatever property you want, and then we'll just do whatever we want with it. Um, there's there's a lot of really good games out there and i just you, you've got it you can't just do everything and because yeah. i think then you can start getting into warcraft scenario where you have to explain 200 hours worth of content and before you can even get to your story 
Well, also, we're getting into a new era of another thing that I completely forgot to put in the notes, but I'm remembering now is back in September 2018, we did not have a movie studio specifically dedicated to video game adaptations. That's At the fair. beginning of Uncharted, you see for the very first time the new intro for PlayStation Productions. All the PlayStation projects, whether it's the Uncharted movie, The Last of Us show, uh, the Ghost of Tsushima, I think it's their movie or show that just got its writer today. Um, and that trailer, that like opening, like Marvel style opening, I think kind of gives some hints as to the future project that they've got lined up because it showed like some Uncharted stuff, some Ghost of Tsushima, some Last of Us. Uh, I think it showed Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn, to which there's a lot of projects, and this we can kind of wrap it up with this, of there's a lot of things that I would like to see get adapted. And mm -hmm. while I have not finished the games, I think Horizon Zero West, Horizon Forbidden West and Horizon Zero Dawn could make fantastic adaptations. Same yeah. with uh, a good Assassin's Creed or the one that, while they haven't officially announced it yet, I guarantee you will be announced by the end of the year this year. Destiny. I think I can see Sony that. Yeah. is sitting back watching to see if Halo does well. But also, Sony did just buy Bungie not too long ago, and everyone was just like, no, it wasn't Bungie. They bought Destiny without Bungie, right? Or did they so. buy Bungie? Cause I, yeah, I, I don't remember. I know they, they, of, they own fine. Destiny. And people are just like, but Microsoft owns this other thing that kind of limits you. And astute people, the big brain people are going, uh-uh-uh, they're doing it for the movie rights. Destiny can be milked for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. obviously the shine of Destiny has faded a little bit, but I still remember in college when Destiny first came out, that thing was massive for two weeks and then died. But that thing was massive, and I think... I played enough Destiny to go, okay, there is an interesting amount of lore here that you can set a whole TV show, movie, frankly, a whole universe in this. You don't have to mm -hmm. set it in one specific time period or with one specific character. It could, not saying to the scale of Star Wars, but something like a, something akin to a Star Wars or a Star Trek in that you've got your main stories, but you could have interlocking stories that could be spun off into their own adventure with Destiny. That's a huge yeah. enough world in and of itself. Um, so... Something that I personally would love to see when it comes to adaptations, though, is a little bit more of a dabble into actual horror gaming. Oh, uh, some of until Dawn the movie would be fantastic. Um, even something like um, Dead Space, which is basically alien, would be awesome. By Bi do Bioshock. Bioshock would be Bioshock's amazing. been in development hell even longer than Uncharted. I feel it like. has, but it, it that's a sh show that could be really, really awesome. Um, or movie, whatever. But there's a lot of really, really good potential. Um, the Amnesia games would be fantastic as uh, like one or two, one as or two a movies. Shutter exclusive. Exactly. Like th there's some really, really good content. Blumhouse's Amnesia. Oh, bro, say less. I am there. I think the phrase of the phrase of this episode is uh, "be there with bells on" because we've both said it multiple times. Because we're old, apparently. Because Josh is almost thirty, so he says uh -huh. old people phrases now. <laughs> um, but yeah, like there's a lot of really, really good content. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of games we're not bringing up. Like uh, a Metal Gear Solid would be. That's uh, that's big. been in development forever. It with has Jordan Vogue Roberts from Godzilla uh, from Kong Skull Island. Dude, yeah. what if like a, a James Wan outcast, not outcast, outlast? Yeah. 
like, not outcast just, that's like, that's scary enough as is yes but like there's a lot of like really good horror games out there that would be very could you imagine if we got like a legitimate uh slender man movie like bro like that is it's it, like the lore that it's it's expanded to is very interesting but it, there's a lot of content out there and i i hope that the search for video game movies doesn't stop at like adventure movies and uh, sci-fi and stuff like that like bro getting a like a legitimate doom movie would be amazing that's not absolute garbage like that one that went like straight to netflix or whatever mm. um like a legitimate doom movie like with the actual lore would be super interesting uh, at least i think but uh, then again i'm a fan of it so i who knows man i don't also and the problem is with some of the video game adaptations, it has to be something that is a currently ongoing franchise. Like, on, well, Uncharted was in development hell, but that doesn't... Uncharted's a little different, but like Mortal Kombat still has games coming out. Sonic, I think, did well because it has the nostalgia factor. Everyone knows who Sonic is because... Gotta go fast. Everyone just Bro. knows who Sonic is. Everyone knows who Mario is. I hope for more retro stuff a crash mm. bandicoot movie a sly cooper movie a spyro movie oh my gosh um diddy and donkey's great adventure or something like that could be super cool um and just have like half the movie be the minecart chase or something <laughs> like that the rise of bowser i just well, like, yeah there's a lot out there for retro games absolutely i mean yoshi's it's revenge just... it's john wick with yoshi Oh jeez, I so, do, but like the success of the Castlevania anime has been huge. Good call with Castlevania. One of our listeners did suggest talking about Castlevania. Absolutely, I I, I know that is a thing. Haven't watched everything on it. I've seen scenes from it though, and holy crap, it's I mean it's sitting in my my watch list. So like, it's, yeah, so it's gosh, a thousand other things. There's so much we need to watch, but like, yeah, like Castlevania would be amazing. Um, um, oh, geez, what's that? <sighs> um, zombies, zombies ate my neighbors. Would be would be fun, super fun. Um, it's a zombie apocalypse. That's like with it'd be like Deadpool, but with a zombie apocalypse. It could it could be a lot of fun. Um, but also, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna say this. And I actually mean this with 100% sincerity, and I'm not just saying this to piss off Josh. I think one video game right now that if you announced a movie, it would be the number one movie at the box office when it eventually comes out, would be a Fortnite movie. And I'm actually kind of amazed that they have not announced it yet. And here's why. One, as much as Josh hates it, it's one of the biggest video games in the world and has been for years. Yeah. So it clearly has the sustainability factor. But two... I don't keep up with the lore, but I play it enough with friends. There is enough story there that you can make up your own stuff. You're not stuck to hard and fast rules like you would be for like a God of War and Uncharted of like, yeah. these are things that are definitively happened. You could have it like a freaking Hunger Games of just slap people in the middle of nowhere and just make it up as you go along. Get the... um get illumination the people that did despicable me to animate it because i see it as an animated movie to keep the spirit of the game um and also i think it will be announced by the end of the year and why do i think that because the rock might have let it slip that he's working on something 
uh, The Rock not too long ago. I feel like it was around the Super Bowl time. was like, yeah, I'm working on a video game adaptation of a beloved thing, uh, but I can't tell you what it is right now. You'll find out soon enough. Well, guess who was introduced as a playable character a few weeks later in Fortnite? <laughs> Dwayne the Mountain Johnson. So the mountain. <laughs> the mountain from Game of Thrones fighting yeah. the rock. I need that now. I think there's enough of a built-in audience that I'm honestly surprised no studio executive yet was just like, Fortnite's hip with the kids. Hello, fellow kids. You like them Fortnites? How about you make a Fortnite movie for the kids? The kids yeah. love the Fortnite. Merchandising. It's where the money from the movie really comes from. Fortnite. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised no one said that. And maybe that's the whole, like, that's the Apple Epic Games lawsuit maybe tied things up. But... I could see a Fortnite movie, and I'm kind of surprised it hasn't happened already because of how big the game is. But also, there's no character that you follow in that game specifically, so you can make your own story. You're not beholden to anything. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like games like like Metroid Prime. Like, how have we not had something for oh, that? Yet? An R-rated Metroid series. Yes, like, on that would be Amazon. so cool. Ooh. Like. This in a market that is in desperate need of female, of female respite, rest, rest, Oh my gosh, female heroes. So, um, I would how want have we that. Not? I would want that show if and only if Samus stays in her prime suit until the finale. Like, you'll have a whole bunch of people that have never played the games before that she takes off her helmet and will realize for the first time, holy crap, that's a girl. Because that, that's like every kid's rite of passage is realizing playground discussion talk of hey you know samus is a girl right <laughs> no what no yeah and i feel like if that happened there would be those casual people that would just see someone in an armor that that's one of the cool things about metroid is it's not a gender specific costume so mm -hmm. it just makes samus a cool character by not having her just be some feminine character it's just a character basically yeah. to the point of like you're shocked that it is a girl uh why did you have to put that out there now i really want a metroid have like dark samus at one point um dude there's so much to do like have like just a weird clash of like a, a sci-fi shooter and alien like it it would just be so cool there's so much to do there like i'm i'm literally just going through the list of like the top 100 games of all time and what like, happened to the legend like, of zelda show on netflix uh i don't know maybe they saw the original movie and were like oh god that hasn't aged well well um, excuse <laughs> me me um a game <laughs> that came out recently that i don't know if you've ever played or heard about um is hollow knight and would be fantastic as a, as like a show like an animated show oh you mean like so cuphead didn't cuphead get a show recently <gasps> it's got a i think it's got a movie coming out yeah cuphead would be perfect Cuphead. Oh, Cuphead. Cuphead is frustratingly so, hard. I don't oh, like yeah. it. No, it's so hard. Um, we're gonna get it eventually, but like Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic is coming down basically at this point. Um, it's good. Uh, let's see. More Final Fantasy would be cool. Um, Tack in the Sky Power of Juju. <laughs> oh, Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, that would be fun. Like this is like basically us like talking about our 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 wish list here at this point. 
<laughs> MLB The Show 2008. <laughs> we bowling. Who do you think you are? I am. I am. Uh, Fable could be fun, having a Fable movie. Uh, that's not a lot of that, like you said, like not really restrictive as far as storyline wise. Oh. Half Life would be interesting. A Portal Red could... Dead Redemption series. Ooh, on Amazon sh- done by H- Quentin. Oh, done, done by, by Quentin, Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino. Written oh. by Vince Gilligan. Let's go. And like the style, of like um, what's it wasn't Westworld. What's the um? Oh, I'm picturing it's like an old school HBO show. Oh, dang it. That's going to bother me. <laughs> dang it. Oh, but yeah, Red Dead could be good. Um, I know a lot of people <laughs> have thrown out Grand Theft Auto, but I'm just like, that's the whole premise of Grand Theft Auto is basically just to have a sandbox to just yeah. fart around in. There's not a lot of, there is some narrative to Grand Theft Auto, but the fun of it is the sandbox, not the story so much. Yeah, let's so uh, for for our, our buddy Michael, we should definitely mention Mass Effect because I'm gonna ask one of my coworkers at work if Mass Effect was to be adapted, would you rather a movie or a TV show like a Paramount Plus? Because I yeah. would lean more towards show because while it does have big bombastic moments, it's it does rely more on those character moments, so to speak. Which is, I think, why I think whenever we're talking about. Um, you know what we would prefer certain properties at the end of the day now that streaming has come to be so prevalent and people and companies are actually putting like actual money into their productions on streaming um i'm almost always leaning towards like some of the bigger more serious games to becoming shows i think uncharted would also be i think i understand the big set pieces but I almost feel like you could get do more with it as like as a show. So I, you know, there's a lot that goes into this, and I think uh, it's definitely not an easy task. It's I think almost harder than doing a book. Um, but I will agree, it's in a better place than it was in 2018. Uh, I'm just still Josh has growth as a person. Oh, oh yeah, oh dude. I'm almost 30. I have to grow at some point, right? Not height-wise, mentally. Uh, not mentally, emotionally. No, not Don't emotionally. worry. Uh, Don't worry, folks. <laughs> he will still laugh at his own farts. <laughs> I've been farting this whole episode. It's been awesome. Um, uh, Yeah, no, yeah. It's, dude, it, I think it's... What's interesting to me is I was still even apprehensive about Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Until, of course, the trailer. But, like... Really? Yeah. Just because it's like, I don't know where we go from here because you either go full in or you don't and if you don't it won't be good well they went all in for sure yes, like they they're, did. they're the elite well what do you guys think when it comes to video game adaptations whether it's movie or tvs it doesn't have the best best track record so far but it definitely has improved within the past few years do you see good adaptations coming down the pipeline at some point? What are some adaptations that you really love to see? What are some of your all-time favorite games that you hope don't get turned into an adaptation? And why? We also like hearing from you guys. Comment your thoughts down below. And as always, if you haven't already subscribed to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to, it's on. Whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube at Uncharted Media. Help us get to 700 subscribers. That's our goal for the end of the year. And as always... Stay sharp, movie guys and gals.